Who yeah. cares about human lives? Who cares about tree lives? I don't care about lives at all. Fuck lives, I'm dead. I don't care about tree lives. <laughs> care about the tree lives. <laughs> would have been nice well i was gonna count us in and then i didn't because i believe in just starting (laughs) just going for it just jumping into the deep end which if you can't swim is actually a terrible idea i don't know isn't that a phrase jump in (laughs) the deep end jump off jump off i am not the person i'm the not the person to ask about colloquialisms and sayings yeah that's I'm, true that's true well that's tooth and cheek fine. tooth and cheek my friend uh what's the other one chris makes fun of me for all the time safe sense of security no you say another one i'm inflamed yeah I i'm know. inflamed instead of enraged look anybody whose first language is not english or who comes from like immigrant parents like those you, there's all kinds of random shit i mean they don't make any sense no my like, grandmother used to call the railing the river the river. Instead of learning, that's not even room. She'd be like, "Are you holding the river?" <laughs> yes. And you're like, "Yes, Grandma." In the palm of my hand. Yeah, also, I am Pocahontas. Yes. Oh dear. <laughs> um, we are gonna do politics one more time, one last time before the election, which is next week. Well, by the time this comes out, the election will be on Monday, October twenty first. We, you should know that you are entitled by law to three consecutive hours off without penalty of pay to vote. In the website posts in the show notes that go with this, we will, uh, like we've been doing, post uh, the website in which you can find your writing and your voting stations and also some resources from the information that we've pulled today so you can inform yourselves. Yeah. Also listen to us, but... Like, it's not that hard. We have the internet. I was out voting. Surprise, I voted. It's not a big deal. But, like, whatever. You know? <laughs> I'm just on top of it. That's all I'm trying to I say. I couldn't find the polling station. You couldn't find the polling station? Well, then I did. And, and I then you there. did. Yeah. Well, like, I just, like, did a Google. And it's like, put in your postal code. We'll tell you where to vote. So I did that. And then I showed up. And, like, all these people showed up who, like, were not supposed to be there. And I was <laughs> like, what? All you had to do was Google. Also, this man showed up. He had, like, no identification. He had, like, a driver's license. He wasn't registered to vote. He had no proof of address. And the address on his driver's license was not in the riding in which he wanted to vote. And the lady's sitting there like, sir, I can't help you. And he's like, I don't understand why. And I was like, mister, I showed up here with a copy of my lease, with my health card, my student card, my debit card, my passport. Um, I have pay stubs. I have letters. Like, every piece of thing, paper that I thought would maybe prove that I should be here, <laughs> I brought with me. And you just think you can waltz in here with your fucking driver's license that doesn't have the correct address on it? Get out. Fun fact, if he had brought two people with him who did have valid ID to swear witness to his address, he would have been able to vote. He couldn't even bring a letter. You think he's going to bring two people? <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, if you're in this predicament, go find a person. <laughs> who knows you and who has valid ID? Don't just pick a person off the street. Yeah, just like drag him <laughs> in with you. But that's the thing. And if you feel like you maybe won't remember that, if you go to our Instagram and you go on our 2019 election highlight, all that information is there. Follow us on Instagram. Do it. We're awkward erotica. Shameless plug. Yes. Okay. Great. Let's do some political things. Today we're going to mainly focus on environmental policy like we told you last time. But first, we're going to go through some other stuff, starting with the debate. This was the second English debate, I believe, Um, and it was the only one that had all of the leaders, some leaders who really did not need to be there, Um, but... Subtweet Maxime Bernier. Yeah, really. (laughs) Um, Also, we got the Bloc Québécois out, who, if you don't know, is the separatist party in Quebec, who believes Quebec should be its own country. And while I can sympathize with people who are like, oh, they're not a national party, you can only vote for them in Quebec, they shouldn't be here, I love them. (laughs) They're ridiculous, but I love it. That's pretty on brand for you. I know, as with everything Quebecois, I'm just like, yeah. (laughs) 
Eh oui. <laughs> Please. Everyone needs a little break in the tension, and also, there's nothing like watching two French people passively, aggressively jab one another all night. Also, answer every single question, even if it's not about Quebec, about, about Quebec. Quebec. That was the indigenous section, which is my favorite, when then they just started talking about, like, the Quebecois, and I was like, right, sure, yes, yes. Everyone, like, we're, we're in the middle of the section in the debate that's supposed to be about indigenous issues. And, like, I, I literally don't think that they talked about indigenous issues. Like, the only person who even seemed to, like, really bring it up and mention it was Jagmeet Singh. But even he, I don't know that he said anything, like, super... Nobody nobody said any... Sorry, I cut you off. No, go for it. It's just, like, nobody said anything of substance in terms of a policy or a plan. They used buzzwords. Even Elizabeth May. Like, they used big words. Well, they just started talking about the pipeline. And it's yes. not that the pipeline is is you know it is an indigenous issue and we're gonna get into that today Woo! but like they weren't talking about the indigenous factor of the pipeline no. they were just arguing about the pipeline they yeah. just used the whole section in which they're supposed to be addressing the issues of the first nations to talk about their fucking pipeline my favorite was we were sitting on the couch and like there were other people and we got halfway through and someone was like, what even is this section? I was like, it's indigenous issues. And everyone was like, no, it's not. And I was like, no, it really was like a hundred percent. And then they flashed at the end and everyone was like, oh no. Yeah. Like it was so bad (laughs) that we literally forgot. I was like, are they talking about energy right now? Is that what this is? Oh no, it wasn't. And God, if that is not just a metaphor for the state of this country, I don't know what is. Well, I have a hard time. Like I even like, in United States politics, Canadian politics, that was the first debate I've ever watched. It's not that I, I read the transcripts of them religiously. Well, also, they're not, like, full of content. No, but I do think it's important to keep up, even if you want to, like, watch or read a little bit of it, just yeah. to get a sense of what's going on. But I had a really hard time watching it. Like, for some reason, it's always easier for me to read, because yeah. I can just be like, this is nonsense, let's yeah. move on. But when you're watching it, you're like, oh, dear God. Like, yes. this is uh, too much. Also, they're given 40 seconds to answer these very complex questions, which, in my opinion, is a little bit ridiculous. I understand yeah. the need for a time yeah. cap, but 40 seconds? Like, how are they going to tell us anything of substance? But every single time, they waste at least 20 of those seconds just repeating yeah. the same thing. It's like, this is how it goes. They're like... Andrew Shear, can you explain to us your policy on the environment? And he's like, well, I would just like to say that the man here on my right, Justin Trudeau, is a phony and a liar. You can't believe anything he says. He's just, you know, he, he wore blackface that one time. He's an embarrassment to this country. Blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, what? That's 30 seconds. When did you didn't talk about the environment one time? And then they'll be like, Oh, Mr. Singh, can you tell us about your environmental policy? And I am like, the working man. Yes. He's <laughs> like, let me just tell you, the conservatives, they just want to give tax breaks to the rich, and we're here for the everyday Canadians. And you're like, that is not about the environment. Please answer the question. You only have 40 seconds. Yeah. And that's every single time. They waste the first half of their answer time, every single question, repeating those same Bylines. I don't really know what Justin Trudeau's byline was. He didn't seem to talk very much. No, I think he might have been told by his campaign to staff to speak. not talk very much and he would do better. It's a little bit what they're doing with Joe Biden, where they're like, you're making less, you have to make less appearances, talk less, <laughs> make less media, because like they're a little bit bungly at the moment. Just don't speak so much. Yeah, like I think, no, honest to God, I think that that's what they were told. Like, I don't know, obviously, but but I think. My other problem with the debates is like, I am someone who has very specific questions for these people. I really do. And the questions that end up getting asked are very, very large. Like, they end up being very vague and very huge, which I understand. Like, I understand... Not if you're giving them 40 seconds to answer, I don't understand. No, and so it just becomes, like, what is the point then? Like, then, then, like, you know, you're almost facilitating a situation where the only thing they they feel compelled to do is is state the party line. Well, and I don't understand why the mediators can't do a better job of... Of keeping yeah. them on question, on topic, 
why don't they step in when they start giving these rambly answers yeah and be like that was not the question sir you're not answering well the question. one of them did a couple of them did but one that i wish i could remember her name she was fairly early on she was really good she was like actually that wasn't the answer but you're out of time yeah or she was she was the only one who was like uh this debate just isn't between you trudeau and sheer yeah. can you let someone else speak yeah i wish i remembered her yeah. name also um just like jt kept calling uh jagmeet singh Sheer. andrew Shear, andrew yeah. Shear, and then the mediator started calling him Shear, and like jagmeet singh was like okay hi i'm wearing an orange turban like <laughs> yeah. i don't know how how less like andrew Shear yeah. i could possibly look here the other thing that really bugged me is like that whenever we talk about like any kind of like race we yeah. always have to go to Jack and Singh. Know. It's like, Poor can guy. you address this issue? I know. <laughs> Mr. Singh. And it's like, okay. And then, okay, this actually, like, drove me insane. So they're talking about Bill 21 in Quebec, yeah. which we've mentioned several times now. But it's basically the ban on religious symbol- symbols for civic servants in Quebec. So if you are someone who is wearing a religious symbol, obviously this is targeting like eastern religions. eastern religions more than any other religion so a turban a hijab like you cannot work in education you cannot work in government etc 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 and they're talking about this and like justin trudeau who's just been swept up in this whole like brown face oh, black face scandal where he's like wearing a turban at a costume party like turns to um jagmeet singh and is like why aren't you taking a stronger stand on this? Yeah. Like, why won't you commit to intervening <laughs> in the 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 court proceedings in uh, in Quebec right now? Like, like, why are you so weak on this? And he's basically just hammering away. And it's like so like I cannot imagine being in his position and having the gall to stand on that stage with Jagmeet Singh and then to berate him for not being. I, I guess, a strong enough voice for this community. And it's not that he has no point in the sense that the NDP, like every other party, is saying that they're not going to interfere in the court case currently going on with this bill in Quebec. But at the same time, Justin Trudeau, like, has been in power. The federal government did nothing to prevent this bill and the only difference in their stance and everyone else's stance is that they're saying that they haven't ruled out yeah. the possibility that they might step in and that is different and that somehow gave him the like the 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 gall the audacity yeah. to turn to this man who has to actually deal with this yeah. kind of discrimination and and try and 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 attack him for not to like i just couldn't i just couldn't believe him like it is the audacity like how dare you like how dare you sir well there's a cut like everything i agree completely with everything you just said there's also like first of all this isn't the only time that this has happened in quebec when justin trudeau has been in power he did nothing about preventing the bill that prevented um people in religious uh symbols from accessing public services right and that one is a big problem because then you can't get on a fucking bus, a public bus, right? Or it was head coverings. It was like, if you're wearing a head covering, you can't access public services, which of course didn't apply to white people in hats and sunglasses. It only applied to yeah. women in hijabs and niqabs and burqas, like, yeah. of course, right? So like it is, and, and I, okay, just a side, small side, right? Like I can't get over people who are like, well, it's, targeting all i'm like no it's literally not it's really actually not and all you have to do is listen to a politician in quebec to understand that it's not because they're not actually trying to hide the fact that it's not or like even just have like some i don't know like idea about like religion or understanding religious practices well you can wear a cross and nobody has to know like you can tuck it like you no one and at the same time like you can wear a cross and no one has to know but also like wearing a cross is not an integral part of like worship in that religion absolutely it's like a thing people do and it gives them comfort and whatever but like the physical the physical apparel like it is a part of practicing practicing for eastern religions like like it's not just a accessory yeah it 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 is a part of the worship 
it's very important and yeah it's a big part of that religion in a way that you know clothing is not really a huge part of yeah of western religions certainly not modern western religions. aside from orthodox judaism yeah yeah exactly right um which is like it's also a thing there's a huge there's a huge orthodox jewish community in uh quebec yeah um it's just it's frustrating for a lot of reasons. I also think like Jagmeet Singh is in a very difficult position when it comes to Quebec because yes, there's he's an incredibly difficult there's position. nothing in which he can do that's gonna where he's he's gonna be in favor there. Like there's there's no, nothing he can do. No, he's stuck. I don't know. I don't know. I just have no idea what it'd be like. I don't. I don't have any idea what it would be like to be in that position. And I. And it's not that we shouldn't be asking questions to all of the members, but Justin Trudeau didn't attack Andrew Scheer. He no, didn't attack Elizabeth no. May. He attacked Jack Yeah, I Jack just Meet can't Singh. believe, I just can't believe that he had, I just can't believe yeah. that he did that. I mean, I, I just like can't believe that that was who he chose to, to target with this line of questioning. And also to be fair, I can't believe that Jagmeet Singh did not come back at him. Yeah. Like he just did not. He was just like, well, you know, I'm not against it, but I'm not going to interfere with the little, blah, 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 blah. How, how could he, how, how could he not look at him and be like, I'm sorry, how is your party's platform differing? Yeah. Like, how are you approaching this differently, yeah. Mr. Trudeau? How are you taking a stronger stance? Or how have you approached it differently in the past? Like, it's not the first time, and even, even, even the public services, sorry, I'm covering my mouth, but... Even the, like, even the access of public services thing wasn't the first time that Quebec has tried to pass laws like this, and the federal government, as Trudeau has had it, has never intervened. Yeah. So, you know, and I would have honestly liked to see um, a more in-depth discussion about what that means in Quebec, like, who is going to lose jobs, like, what's going to happen to people who are already, I would have liked to hear um, a more Instead of Andrew Shearer, you know, making jabs at Justin Trudeau, rightfully, like, you know, I'm not saying that, like, Justin Trudeau doesn't deserve to have, I'm not being like, oh, protect Justin. Yeah. That's, like, not the issue. <laughs> Hashtag protect, protect Justin. Protect Justin. Not the issue here. My issue here, like I said in the last episode, there is an issue of race in Canada, like, anti-black racism, but when it comes to Quebec, particularly xenophobia. Yeah. And it would have been more valuable to have a conversation about, okay, Justin Trudeau, it's clear you don't understand. Like, you don't understand this community faces violence. Yeah. Or, like, um, this bill in Quebec... Uh, or that's, like, what's-his-face? I don't know his name. The leader of the Bloc, the Bloc Québécois, who was, like... I know, we should like, know his name, but we don't. Yves... I, something. <laughs> but he was, like, well, 70% of Quebec supports this bill, and so it's fine, in summary. That's not yeah. really what he said, but it's a paraphrasing. And it's like, well, that's not really the problem. The problem is there are police... Blanchette. Yves Blanchette. Yeah. Yves Francois Blanchette. Blanchette. There you go. Oh, I love the French. There I are... mean, I hate the... In this context, it's bad. Bad. I hate them. Yes. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I spit on the French, but like... <laughs> but it's like... So, like, there, there have been increased... Um, accounts of police brutality against uh people who are wearing religious headwear since this bill has been enacted and like so okay yves sure maybe 70 percent of people support it but does that mean it's right like does yeah. that mean that that like you know something yeah. that essentially results in inciting violence against yeah. a marginalized group also don't pretend like you don't have other laws within your infrastructure and framework that target people who are Muslim specifically, but also anybody who you decide. Because that's the thing, right? That's the other thing. Like, Jagmeet Singh is Sikh. Yeah. We're not, a lot of people are not making that distinction. Not that it matters. We shouldn't be, like, targeting anybody. But, like, (laughs) the problem that Quebec have is that with anybody who looks brown. Like, that's the issue there. It's just frustrating. It's like, I, I, that, I don't know why. It just, like, it makes me, like, I can feel my, it just makes me inflamed. (laughs) Same. And I just wish there was a, like, that was the discussion that we were well, having. Well, it's just that it's so horrendous. Like, yeah. it's so horrendous. And people are suffering. And it feels like we're having this election and no one's quite acknowledging how horrendous yeah. this is. Yeah. Like, they're all kind of being like, oh, yeah, I don't love it. I don't agree with it. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But, like, there's no real acknowledgement of, like, this is a disgusting bill. Yeah. This is an irredeemable, terrifying bill. Yeah. This is like, you know, I kind of feel like if you're passing policies that the Nazis would be in favor yeah. of, that's, that's a, a problem. problem. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's not a, like, 
little problem. That's a big problem. Yeah. And hate crime in this country is, is on the rise. Yeah. Like, it has been going up these past few years. So that for all of them to be so passive is an issue. But that for some reason the onerous of, like, tackling this issue, like, the most aggressively is on Jagmeet Singh is also yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Like, the man who is, like, the most vulnerable in this situation, yeah. who can't seem to, like, walk through Quebec without people coming up to him in front of cameras, because, again, yeah. nobody is treating this as seriously as it should be, and telling him that he needs to cut off, like, his turban. Like, you know, fuck you, Justin Trudeau, yeah. for for com- telling him that he's not dealing with this enough. Like, he he has to deal with the ramifications of this bill. Like, every single day he's out there campaigning in Quebec. And you do not, and especially when you just were caught in blackface dressing up in a turban. I just can't believe he did I that. Know. I just can't believe he went after him like that. And nobody <laughs> called him on it. I know, I know. I just, like, I think you hit on it exactly, right? It's, like, this is a codification of the denial of someone's existence, right? Like, that's what we're dealing with, but we're not taking it that seriously. We're not taking it that seriously. And it's not just, like, oh, I don't agree with this religion or I don't like religion. It's about we are going to deny that these people exist in our society, and that's not okay. Yeah. And, like, you know, it is galling also to have Andrew Scheer using... The blackface just to, like, yeah. score points when, you know, his party has policies that are e- exaggerating this when he has been in situations where he is associated with the alt-right factions in this country. Um, and, and when he starts pulling out Jody Wilson-Raybould uh, at... And like oh, throwing yeah. her around, about that. like oh, do you remember when JT was disrespecting Indigenous women and like uh. not letting them speak and blah 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 blah? And you're like Andrew Shear, I do not think that if you asked her, she would be like, yes, I think everyone should go vote conservative now. Like it is so unfair she for you to just pull her out and tokenize her and use her as a prop in your campaign when you and your party treat indigenous and also women like shit like you don't get to just like yank out these so and it does it just like shows how little understanding they have of how severe this is yeah or or alternatively how little they care yeah right like maybe you don't give a shit about the the experiences or the trauma or the lives and the struggles that these people are facing it just doesn't matter to you yeah i don't know man but i fuck you (laughs) That's what, that's what I have to say yeah. on that. No, I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> um, should we real quick touch on this, the polls? Yes. The polling situation? Yeah. Um, a lot of people like to vote based on the polls that they see coming out. Yeah. And I find this very frustrating. I find it very frustrating the way that news outlets promote polls as though they're like a real accurate read of like how the election is going to go. Like, first of all, I've never had a polar polling station yeah people machine i'm not really sure how who's so, doing this yeah call me well so i uh i've worked on one provincial campaign and one federal campaign and then i've done uh like i've taken i've i've taken like political stats so like i've essentially like not the most experienced but have some experience um and the problem there are like lots of problems with polling one is it it's it is truly an inexact science like there's a lot of controls there's a lot of the things you can't account for that's bottom line one uh two we don't actually really have the infrastructure set up to do super good polling which means basically how do they pull well they call your landline that they have access to who, please, who, pray tell. Whom? Whom? Whom, in fact. <laughs> has, still has a landline. Well, people usually over the ages of 45. That's who you're polling, right? If that, if yeah. that. My yeah. parents don't have landlines anymore, yeah. right? So that's like problem number one. You're getting- It's going to sway yes. what you see. Yes. You're getting limited information and some pollsters will argue, well, we factor in algorithms to account for that. However, again, an inexact science. Like, it is very, very, very difficult to account for that. And then the margins are very wide. The other problem is, is like... The way that media the media presents polls is they often don't present polls the way that they're taken or they don't give you the polling questions or they don't whatever it is like yeah. 
those are other issues. So you're not, you're not, it's not that everybody has to be a pollster to read a poll. It's just that they're often given out of context without the right information. I think public opinion polls are very useful because they can test waters. But even public opinion polls, when they're given to the public through the media, are not given with nearly enough context in order for them to mean anything at yeah. all. Yeah. So, like, basically, I just think that, like, don't pay so much attention to the polls. I hate, I hate how much weight people put into the polls. This also goes back to, like, our rant the other week about strategic voting and yeah, shit. Sure. But, like, the polls... D- they become self-fulfilling prophecies because people just look at them yeah. and then they go, okay, well, that's what I'm going to vote. And I, I, like, I just, just think we should put it out there that, like, it's not an exact science. It is not a 100% accurate read of no. the way that the, the people are voting. No. And so, like, don't do that, please. And even when polls are accurate, it doesn't mean they're accurate in the in the, the context that the media has given, given right? Yeah. Like, that's kind of my biggest problem with it. It's not that I think every poll is drastically wrong or I don't think that it's useful. 538 is, like, a podcast that I really like, and they have this segment called Good Use of Polling, Bad Use of Polling, Ooh. where they're, like, they, like, evaluate um, the usefulness of certain polls. And it's just a really good way. Like, it is very wonky and very dorky, which doesn't mean that it's not great. I love it. But it does give you a really good context for how these things operate. And then I think that helps with sort of consuming political media. Because you can be like, that's fucking useless. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, do your own research. Follow your heart. Don't. Follow the research. But... (laughs) (laughs) Fuck your heart. Follow the research. But also, like, talk to the people around you. Like, have conversations with people. Whoa. You... (laughs) Sorry, you want me to speak to people? Yeah, I do. I really do. real people? I do. Does Siri count? No. What? Siri, a fool. Not that it matters. I don't have Siri. I don't want to talk to a computer either. Surprise! You do have Siri. I don't have Siri. Yeah, you have my old phone. Siri is on that phone. Well, Siri's on every iPhone, but it's not enabled. Okay, that's I'm not an enabler, Melina. (laughs) Okay, I'm not going to enable technology and its takeover of our society, okay? Siri is real... (laughs) Real poo-poo on technology. Haven't you seen <laughs> the trailers for that new oh, dumbass. Will Smith movie where it's oh, no, like not that. young Will Smith trying to kill old Will Smith? No. Technology. I was thinking about That's the, Siri's fault. It's a weird app one. The countdown app what? one. Oh, oh. Also that. That looks dumb, but. I mean, they both look dumb, but also terrifying. That's yeah. why I don't download apps. Yeah. No, for sure. I just like, I from canvassing, like I think like that was the best for me like it's kind of a terrifying experience especially if you don't like talking to people yeah that sounds horrible yeah but but i will (laughs) say email me sure but i will say like that is how i really started to start to get an understanding of the way that sort of like the general public approaches polls just by like going to people's houses and talking to them like that one couple that was like well please come into my home and tell me about this thing which was scary but they were very lovely Uh, anyway that sounds like murder (laughs) well that's why you go in pairs but the point being like Talking, I think that talking to people, you'll get a better sense of what's going on than anything else. Yeah, I just think that in people's, like, everyday lives, that doesn't always work. Because no, you're sure. talking to your immediate circle, Sure, right? so you're, yes, yes, it's Like, the issue I always have with my dad is it's like, I feel like I talk to a slightly broader range of people, or maybe I'm just, like, a little bit more hooked into the internet or whatever. Yeah, that's possible. But, like, he is talking to hippie pseudo-academic types yeah our favorite group of people and he just always has <laughs> so he he you know like i remember the last election him being like justin trudeau is not gonna win this election he thought it was laughable and i kept being like dad he's a hundred percent winning this election and i was like Everybody thinks he's an idiot. And I was like, no, no everybody loves him. Not. But he was just speaking with his own yes. group of people in his own, yes. like, little bubble. And, and that was how they saw it. And so it wasn't until real late in the game when he started to be like, oh, this is not an accurate read of the whole population. Yeah. Meanwhile, I was out here on, like, a campus with people being like, oh, Justin, oh, yeah, he's so yeah. cute. And then look at his hair and he does a plank and shit. I don't know. 
<laughs> he did a thing where he was like planking on a table and they're sure. like he does yoga he should run the country well i think there were also a lot of people who were very very fond like my dad right and we had to have a very serious conversation about this me and my father but he was very very fond of pierre trudeau i mean my dad also yeah. loves pierre trudeau yeah. but i kind of think that justin trudeau is the antithesis no, but of I, pierre trudeau but i think if you're not someone who's necessarily keyed into academic circles or you're not talking about it with people and Maybe you're just kind of yeah, like yeah. right it's a little bit different i mean and that's the other thing right like that is also why like i have two parents who didn't graduate from high school so talking to them about voting has always been like a pretty good barometer for me because yeah. it's like very different than talking. Not that they're not both intelligent people. They truly are. Yeah. But it's like they're they're talking, they're coming at it from a different, different. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is sure. not invaluable. That's not what I meant to say at all. No, but like, it is. I'm a college dropout. Like, let's be it real. It is a different, <laughs> it's just a different perspective and you're talking to, di- yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. My dad, again, is a, is a staunch NDP supporter. I think for that reason, because he is, like, a, a worker's worker. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, work, 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 work. <laughs> Just like Rihanna. Yeah. Yeah, my dad is, my dad is Rihanna, sorry. Surprise, Tony is Rihanna. Rihanna I'm yeah. so sorry. Please <laughs> No, but it's, like, and and he, he is, like, incredibly well-read. Like, you know him. But I think that, like, there is a way that, like, academics tend to talk about things that is more theoretical and more sort of, like, which, again, I don't think is invaluable either. Yeah. But it is a little bit more um, removed from the pulse of uh, people. And I think, like, talking to both of my parents, I often, like, get a better read on, like, the pulse, especially of people from their respect. They're from different generations, but, like, from their respective generations. Yeah. Okay, uh, because we are already over half an hour in. Oh, jeez and crackers. Uh, I'm just going to jump real quick to my snappy political updates, and then we're going to start talking about the environment. Yeah. We're going to eat some granola, make some kale smoothies. For reference, I just did a rock on symbol as mm-hmm. if somehow that was the right thing. It's Everyone not. knows that the environment loves rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> Well-known facts. Yeah. All right, updates. Jagmeet Singh uh, said the NDP would form a coalition with the Liberals to prevent a conservative government from forming. But then he was like, oh, surprise, jokes, maybe I wasn't supposed to say that. Someone offstage is miming that I should not have said that, so I take it back, I take it back. I'm just going to focus on me, and uh, I'm going to be single for a little while longer. Nothing against JT, but I just think that I need this time to, like, self-reflect. That's 100% what he said. That's a direct quote. Then, in a subtweet at J. True, Sheer, who is the leader of the Conservative Party, if you haven't been following us and these names, but you should be. Okay, anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sheer promised um, $20,000 fines for politicians who violate ethic laws, which uh, Justin Trudeau has done twice. Wonder, I just, I just, the pettiness of it all is great. Also, Stephen Harper would owe the government about like $80,000. Oh, or I guess like they're not technical ethics violations. But they're just <laughs> ethically a violation of my they're ethics. They're just a violation of my ethics. Yeah. Um, Barack Obama tweeted his endorsement for J. True. Uh, Rihanna and Drake started following Jagmeet Singh. The social media world is a great place. Yeah. And this weekend, 4.7 million ballots were cast in the advanced polls, which is 29% higher than the last election. Eee. So maybe that will be good for us. I don't know. I mean, I think we can take credit for that. I, well, it's 100% because of us right? that more yeah. people voted in so. the advanced 100%. polls. 100%. All yes. 85 of you. Currently, we are on track <laughs> for a minority government because the Bloc and the NDP are gaining traction and they are sucking slowly the life force out of the liberals and the conservatives, and that is all I want. But if we could start sucking just a little bit more out of the conservatives, that would be great. Okay. All right. There you go. Those are your political updates. Yeah, great. (laughs) Remember that one time when I tried to have sound effects and that just totally didn't work out? Well, it's a lot to keep up with. We can barely keep up with ourselves. Yeah, like I'm doing my best. Let's talk about the environment. 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 Trees. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Oh, Oh, no. So, 
the Liberals uh, signed on to the Paris Agreement to reduce Canada's greenhouse gas emissions by 30% below 2005 levels by 2030. Do you know why 2005 is the benchmark? Because I do not. Because that was when we did the Kyoto Protocol. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, they just keep saying... I think, I don't know, that's clear. I mean, that I makes sense. They just keep saying 30% below 2005, and I just keep being like, damn, was, like, 2005 a real great year? Like, what is happening? That might have been when we came up with the first targets, I don't... Like, the, in the Kyoto Protocol. Which yeah, Stephen maybe. Harper un... Un... Unsubscribed. Uninvited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I... That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. So anyways, 30% below where we were at in 2005 by 2030. But the Liberals' own numbers predict that Canada's going to fall short of those targets. Yeah. Great. So things that they did to try and meet but have not succeeded in meeting those targets. Uh, they put in place a federal carbon pricing program, mm-hmm. a.k.a. carbon tax, <laughs> a.k.a. pollution tax, whatever you want to call it. It's got a lot of names. It's like P. Diddy. Uh, and that took effect in April of this year. Uh, what that means is it's a tax that's placed on the production, the distribution, or the use of fossil fuels, um, and it's based on how much carbon their combustion is emitting. Mm-hmm. So the liberal carbon pricing program taxes provinces, only specific provinces uh, that don't already have kind of like caps and controls in place, um, and then it compensates the individuals with rebates. So it's like, oh, you go to the gas station and you're like what the fuck it's so expensive unless you're me and you don't have a car i'm saving the environment it's, mm-hmm. i you don't have to call me a hero but you could if you wanted to mm-hmm. it's not a big deal. i often do yeah i lots of people do it's, yeah it's really embarrassing it's a big club yeah <laughs> it's a big it's a big ass club yeah. anyways uh so you go to the pumps it's like more expensive but the idea is that you're gonna be getting this rebate so it's gonna be extra money on your income tax and the liberals are trying to say that that is going to cover the cost of the tax um, that you are paying at the pumps. And then if they're reelected, they're going to keep raising the per ton price uh, from $20 now to $50 by 2022. Mm-hmm. And are aiming for a net zero Canadian emission. Z. Yeah. Yes. By yeah. 2050. Yeah. I just think an important thing to note about the liberal plan is that in their carbon tax, they have a lot of um, exemptions for um, wealthy, heavy polluters. Yep. Nothing like putting the onus on individuals and getting yep. big breaks to... Yep. Which, you know, is an annoying NDP party line that we heard Jagmeet say about 8 billion times, but, but not uh, wrong. Not wrong, yeah. Yep. A lot of exemptions because why tax the people producing the most carbon emissions? Yeah when you could not also something to note is that the liberals actually like don't have much of a new plan it's pretty much like the same thing that they've been doing that's not really been working that's like the liberal party in <laughs> for general. every like Just that's their healthcare plan too it's like we're gonna do what we're already doing but also we're not really doing it yeah liberal party <laughs> a summary this isn't working let's try one more time yeah <laughs> I, in my notes i say i would say their platform is wishy-washy at best Again, <laughs> like the liberals in autobiography, wishy-washy at best, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. Anyways, so the conservatives are like, this will never <laughs> work. Taxes don't work. Yeah. Um, but scientists and economists say that carbon taxes do mm-hmm. reduce emissions. The problem is just that the carbon tax in Canada is so new that you can't really measure the success of it yeah. yet. Also, but it, yeah. it's not that like a carbon tax is not a bad idea. No. You know, it's a pretty simple concept. If gas prices are too high, people will choose not to drive. One of the problems with this, besides the whole, like, let's go easy on the people with most money and most pollution, is that if you're living in a rural area, driving is not a choice, it's a necessity. So the liberals are like, yeah, that's why we have this rebate. And depending on which province you live in, the rebate is going to be higher or lower to account for this. But is that going to cover the cost if you're someone who uses a lot of gas regularly? Uh, probably not. Other things the liberals want to do, they want to bring in a clean fuel standard, which would yeah. require producers to lower the greenhouse yeah. gas content of their fuel. And they're also going to invest in public transit, which is actually a big thing for me with this. Yeah. Because one of the things is they're like, oh, carbon tax is unfair to rural areas. 
And as someone who, as I previously stated, I don't drive, there is a bit of me that's like, okay, but like if what we're trying to do is get people to drive less, what we really need to do is start investing more in our public yeah. transit. Because our public transit doesn't run well now. And you, I like the aim of this, I guess, is to increase public transit, transit ridership. Like we're going to need... Better systems. Well, the problem is, is that our, like, I know in Toronto, so, like, I have two points, but one, in Toronto, like, our, the ridership right now is, is, uh, we're above capacity. Yeah. So, we're, one, we're not making enough from the riders that we have somehow to sustain the system that we have, but two, we are above capacity that the system cannot handle it. I think part of that is because population growth, but also part of it is because people, so the system is meant to handle Toronto's population, and a lot of people are commuting in from places that are not Toronto because it's lower property taxes. Um, and so the system is becoming overloaded. So, like, that's problem one. The other problem is, is, like, when we talk about prob- public transit, we often just think about par- public transit in cities. But the truth is, like, if you want people to drive less in rural areas, you also have to invest in public transit there. Yeah. Um, and that's not an issue that I hear get covered at all in any way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that the problem is just that they can't figure out how to do that because they don't have the ridership that's going to support building an actual system. I think the other thing is that, like, we need to invest in, like, our federal transportation. Like, you know, via rail, which is the, the train system that services Canada, the country, is crap. It is impossible to travel around this country. It is easier for me to fly to Norway than it is to, like, go two provinces over. Like, that's insane. Uh, And I think that that would help, too. Like, if I could get on a train and go visit my grandparents and, like, not be out, you know, $400 in six days, like, that would be great. Yes. Um, But we don't have that. We don't have trains that run often. We don't have trains that are you know, fast, and we don't have trains that are affordable. And and that's another thing that I think, you know, we could do. And the federal government could do that easier than, like, in, investing in, in the public transportation of every major city. Like, let's start somewhere. Yeah. Well, also, like, there's things like Ottawa has two train stations 20 minutes from each other, right? And you're like, okay, well, are we really effectively using our resources at this point? The answer is no. The answer <laughs> is no. So, to recap, carbon tax, but we're going easy on the heavy emitters. Does that make sense to anybody? Not really. Rebate so that the peoples are not losing all the dollar-dollar bills. But if you use the peoples who needs drives lots, you probably still have some bills. Mm-hmm. Um, Vague public transportation, weird focus on electric cars. There you go. <laughs> That's what we got. The liberals, wishy-washy at, at best. best. Yeah conservatives okay before we get into anything substantial i just want to make a note so they they're calling their climate and energy plan a real plan and i really like the marketing of it capital on the realness but i love the marketing of it because it's like no snowflake fake plants here only real men plants here (laughs) masculine environment plans for real men like that's not what it says but that is the subtext of our environment loves sports and beer I just think it's so funny. Like it, it. I was like, "This is what are you doing?" So, so if the if the tag like if the tagline for the liberals is wishy washy at best, I feel like the tagline for the conservatives is not even trying. Yeah. Like not even trying. Yeah. So also okay. Also a fun fact about the conservatives: Stephen Harper, in fact, supported the idea of a carbon tax. Yeah. I you, just in case you're wondering, but now they're like no. Absolutely not. Yeah. We will not carbon tax. So Andrew Shear is like... Looking for a repeal. Yeah. He's like, this is unfair to the people. The rebate is not going to help. Um, if you live in a rural area, Justin Trudeau hates you. So goodbye. We get rid of it. And instead of a tax, we're just going to use incentives. So like, oh, if you do this good thing for the mm-hmm. environment, you get a tax break. Again, we're putting the onus on individuals instead of the institutions, and I think that that ultimately is going to fail. That plays into also their, like, retrofit idea, right? (laughs) So, like, tax incentives to make your homes or offices, like, more green. Replace windows or installations so you need less energy to heat your home. But, like, for both of those, there's no target. Like, there's no... 
this is how many people we want to reach. This is how much, you know, emissions we're gonna reduce. Like, there's no target. There's no, no way to measure how how no. successful this would be because they haven't given us anything. They're just like, yeah, we'll maybe incentivize people to do this. That's it. They also want to tax large emitters. But they're gonna put a cap on admissions and only when the industry goes above the cap will they have to pay. Yeah. They also haven't told us what the, they're gonna have to pay if they go over the cap. They also haven't been very clear on what the cap is. So once again, there's no way to know how effective that's gonna be. It's just a nothing statement. My favorite is that this is my favorite statement from the plan and it's literally in the plan. Um, the conservatives want to invest in green technology, but nowhere ever does it say how much or what or what green so technology. So they have said what green technology. Okay, I, they hadn't when, when they first did the policy. Um, I don't know that much about technology, so I don't know how specific this is. But they have said that they want to invest in carbon capture and storage technology. So that's the technology oh, that captures the carbon produced yeah. by fossil fuels and prevents it from entering the atmosphere. This technology can capture up to 90% of emissions. Um, and they're like, this will be great because it will save the environment and create jobs in the tech sector. Uh, I, that's all I know. We talked about that a little bit when I was working with Toronto 350. I don't super feel comfortable making a statement about it, but there is an issue about storage and the technology being built to then capture it there's questions about how environmentally sound that is again um we'll post some resources in the show notes uh, if you're interested in reading more but i don't think either of us are particularly qualified to speak on that but what we will do is find you people who are um they would also they want to cut that clean fuel standard that's proposed by the liberals And advisors on the UN panel for climate change say these policies will probably lead to an increase in admissions between 2020 and 2030. And the conservatives have never committed to meeting the Paris Agreement targets. They've said that, like, this plan will probably, but they're not promising that they're going to or that that's their plan. Repealing the carbon tax alone would increase emissions by 13.5 megatons by 2022. Yeah. Um, Another thing that they've proposed... Or, or that Andrew Shear is, like, trying to spin is taking the climate fight global. The, the idea yeah, okay. with that is that you're going to go to other countries and get them to cut back on their admissions. And then, by default, there's going to be less pollution in the world. And so even though Canada hasn't reduced its <laughs> personal pollution, it's been instrumental in other countries reducing their pollution are you keeping up with me that feels a little bit like paying somebody to do your homework yeah it is like like it's fine like you're not wrong like yes but also Uh, maybe like fix yourself i also don't feel great about a country that is like not great at doing its own thing like going out and telling other countries how to do especially when like you are a colonial or like you know what i mean like it's like the optics of that alone are not my favorite thing on the planet. Um, especially because he was talking a lot about, like, China. Yes. And I'm, like... Specifically trying to get China to stop using coal. And I'm, like, all right, let's let's maybe... Yeah, it feels gross. <laughs> it feels gross. Also, um, like, we don't want your immigrants, but uh, let me go tell you how to run your country. Yeah. Like, that's... Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's not great. It's not great. I mean, yeah, we should be supporting all countries in their endeavors to, you know, be more environmental, but you can't just focus on other people and not attack your own problems. Oh, so you can't, like, have, like, that, I mean, the other thing is, like, Canada has a lot of trade relationships with companies in other countries that produce a lot of pollution and that, like, are contributing. So it's like, you can't, I just, like... I don't like that narrative. I think yeah. it's like, it feels very self-serving uh, <laughs> and also very ignorant of Canada's history and position on the global scale. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the conservatives, not even trying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they're real men, so. Real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. NDP. Want to keep the carbon tax, but cut the rebates going to the wealthiest Canadians and increase taxes on the fossil fuel industry. No exemptions. Yeah. 
keep increasing the carbon tax by $10 a year until 2022, and then they get real fuzzy on what they want to do with the carbon tax. <laughs> uh, I don't, I, you know, shit happens. Uh, they want to create an independent office to monitor emissions cuts. They want to spend $15 billion on a massive green overhaul of Canada's electrical grid, transit systems, and housing stock. I don't know where that money is coming from. We tried to do that before with in Toronto, just on a small scale, with geothermal energy. Did not go great. Yeah. Mostly because it involves ripping up a lot of existing infrastructure, and in a lot of Canada, the cli- this is kind of a side thing, but also I think important when you're talking about this stuff. Yeah. So um, in climates like Toronto, where you go from extremely hot to extremely cold, which is not a unique climate for Canada. That is the Canadian um, lifestyle, really. In- infrastructure... Uh, breaks down very easily and so when you're ripping it up and uh, like it it's it's not great yeah it's diff- at the very least I'm not saying that it's not necessary and that we don't try and do it I'm just saying it's yeah. more complicated than just doing it yeah also they again as with most of this stuff that the federal parties are proposing you're gonna have to talk to the provinces and that's you know a whole separate issue yeah, especially uh, with the environment. The yeah. Deal. Retrofitting. They want to have Canada's housing stock retrofitted by 2030. So it's like taking all of our houses and buildings and, like, retrofitting sounds so fun. Like, we're going to make everything retro. We're just going to put, like, diners and everything. Yeah, exactly. And, like, make everything like, we're like, vinyl. that's it. This country needs a new aesthetic. Yeah. And it's retro. Everybody running around on roller skates and poodle skirts. But alas, what they mean is, like, you know, replace your windows and shit. Um, it's uh, hard, harder for old, old homes. Yeah. That's a big issue. Yeah. So, <clears throat> basically what they want to do, they want to create... Th- a Canadian climate bank, which would be responsible for pro- providing low interest loans for renovations to retrofit um, commercial housing by 2050 instead of 2030. Got it. Yeah, it's the Greens who want 2030. But they want to have they want to have some percentage of Canada's housing stock retrofitted by 2030. Yes. They also and they want all of it to be retrofitted by 2050. Yes. It's just a longer timeline. They have yes. different goals for yeah, different yeah, yeah. points, but it's the same thing. And they're also claiming this is going to create jobs. So, sure, thanks. But right now, they're saying that they're they're just going to be incentivizing these changes. They're not going to regulate or enforce them, or may, yeah. uh, which for experts has been a red flag because uh, these policies are not mandated, which means they're less likely to succeed. It's not just that. I also think when you don't have regulation, like, it becomes more difficult. Like I said, like, in Toronto especially, there's such variation on the kinds of, like, obviously there are other cities and provinces in Canada, but we live in Toronto. Yeah. Um, There are so many different kinds of homes in Toronto that it's going to require a different thing for each home, and there's lots of homes that are not going to be able to be retrofit in a way that does reduce emissions in a significant way. That's another thing that no one's really talking about, the variables. So what do we do with all of those old homes? Do we just rip them up? Can we just do that? Do we have the money to buy people out of their homes and put (laughs) new ones in, right? Like... But those are important questions, yeah. right? Like, a lot of our homes can't be, like, some of the windows, like, my dad had this issue when he used to work construction, like, some of the windows can't be replaced in the older buildings. Yeah. Some of the wiring can't be replaced. Like, UFT has that issue in a lot of their older, they can barely have fucking plumbing in there, like, you know? Um, so, there's a lot of questions. Questions. Um, yeah. And so, one of the big things, even though their timelines are more reasonable than the Green Party's, it's still a short amount of time. Yeah. And, again, with the lack of regulation, it's it's unclear if this is doable. The Greens uh, want to aim for a 60% reduction of greenhouse gas emissions below, 20, below the 2005 levels by 2030. They'd raise the carbon price by $10 mm-hmm. annually until 2030. Invest even more than the NDP in electrical, transit, and housing retrofits, mm-hmm. though I didn't find an exact number for that. And the NDP are already saying $15 billion in the next four years. Yeah. So, bitch, where are you getting that money, Elizabeth May? <laughs> Like, do you have a sugar daddy? <laughs> what is his name? They want to aim for a zero emission economy by 2050. Want to create a... Oh, this is kind of an interesting idea. She basically wants to create a war cabinet. The survival for, cabinet. Yeah, dealing yeah. with climate change. 
So it's where you bring in members from all parties, so it's like a non-partisan issue, and we're all working together, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. No, I actually think that's kind of cool. It's like the Consumer Protections Agency, right? It's like a, yeah, no, that, I mean, I think that's a... And all new cars sold in Canada by 2030 should be zero emission vehicles. That might not be totally undoable, though, because that's not replacing the cars that are already here. It's just cars that are coming in. Yeah. From now on, by 2030, there's zero admission. Yeah. Um, and then all traditional cars in Canada be replaced by 2040. What does that do to people who have jobs at, like, Ford or GM? Or, like, companies that aren't making electric cars? I don't know. But that's a huge part of... I, I'm not asking... Sorry, I'm not asking you, but I'm just saying... I'm not asking like, you. Like, what would that do? I'm just saying because, like, part Canada... Uh, I, like, in my, like, GM is one of our files, and so it was Ford. Like, that's a huge part of, at least Ontario's economy. Yeah. Can we start a f- national car company? Well, if we're making them here, that's a totally <laughs> other thing, right? Yeah. Then, like, that's, but, like, uh, like uh, I'm not posing this question to, like, me, me and Sophia are not politicians, fun fact. So we're not actually the or ones. Are we? Or are we? But we're not actually the ones who have to have the answers to these questions. But yeah. somebody does. Anyway, that's a bit of a side note. But it is kind but of. It's, no, it's an important yeah. question for that. Anything else you'd like to add? Um, the NDP also want to increase taxes on the wealthiest in terms of the carbon tax. Yes, to make a, the carbon tax higher for the wealthiest. Wealthiest. As opposed to, like, having it, just cutting it and having them pay the same as everybody else. Right, 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 right. They want it How to How would higher. you do that? That That's in their plan. That can't be possible. What do you mean? Well, Tax higher? Because you're, unless they have their the own... The wealthiest polluters, sorry. Yes, the, yes, the, the wealthiest that, polluters, yes. yes, will be taxed higher. Sorry, yeah. Yes. Not, not individuals. Not individuals. Uh, Got it. That's my bad, the I'm sorry. The heavy emitters will be taxed yeah. more. That makes more sense. I was like... Unless rich no, people no. are going to start going <laughs> to their, their own, own, gas, own stations. gas stations. I don't know how you're going to enforce that no, one. No, 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 no. Sorry. But it's not just that they're they're um, they're getting rid of Trudeau's exemptions. They also want to, to bump the, right, 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 right. the tax. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's three percent, but I could be wrong. That seems high. Um, I don't know. I it's not. It's right. not. It's not high, but it seems high right. for a uh, federal campaign. Right, right, right. Yeah. All right. All right. Eat the rich. What? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, don't. Cannibalism is bad. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah. On a philosophical level. Sure. You're picking up what I'm putting down. Let's, uh, let's talk about this dumbass pipeline. <laughs> Liberals bought a dumbass pipeline expansion. <laughs> Not just a pipeline. There's already a pipeline there. They're expanding it for 4.5 dumb billion dollars. <laughs> Fuck these guys. Um, they did get the Alberta Premier, Rachel Notley, to agree to the carbon tax. Great. Had to fight to get it approved after a court challenged the National Energy Board to do more indigenous consultations. Because who cares about indigenous people? Am I right? First Nations along the route of the pipeline opposed the projects. Many argue there is a disconnect between reducing greenhouse gas and then allowing for an expansion of the oil sands project. Yep. Can't, don't know why they see a problem with that. Seems, makes so much sense to me. The liberals say that they're trying to make sure that the economy and the environment are working together. <laughs> so they're like, ah, oh, well, we're reducing our pollution and our emissions in other places so we can take advantage of the oil sands. <laughs> just such bullshit. That's my favorite capitalist, uh... equation oh my god capitalist math um without a pipeline you'd have to use trains or trucks to transport transport (laughs) no i think oil (laughs) which is a creates its own environmental footprint but b is hella dangerous so yeah okay the pipeline makes the most sense but that doesn't justify an expansion no um the liberals have put a cap on production but the cap is still allowing for an expansion on what is being done right now, or like pre-transbound pipeline. But Jay True has said that he'll plant two billion trees with the oil revenue, so we're all coochie. <laughs> to me, that is literally missing the forest for the trees, like quite a bit. It's hey. like, like you are literally missing the point. You like you are completely ignoring the larger picture. It's like so dumb. Like it's so 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 dumb. Yeah, it's silly. There's nothing else that like it's like the the most flashy way to say surprise. I don't actually mean any of the words that come out of my mouth. Where are you putting the dream? Like what? Like I know. <laughs> like, 
I know. I also love that it started with him being like, we're going to put the money into investing in new green energy sources. And we're like, fuck that. And then, yeah. And then what they came up with was trees. That's it. That's what we'll invest in, trees. And like, yeah, okay, plant some trees. Trees are great. But like, that is not good enough. Just stop destroying the trees like, <laughs> Just use that $4.5 billion that you used to buy the pipeline to plant trees. <laughs> like... Jesus Christ. Or to clean the drinking water oh, on reservations. Honestly. Plus, and thank you. Jesus Christ. Uh, so the conservatives, surprise, they support the pipeline, but they still accuse the liberals of mishandling it. Um, Scheer says that the conservative government, a conservative government would fast track all legal disputes surrounding the pipeline uh, into the Supreme Court so they can get a ruling faster. Oh, boy. Also, they want to eliminate Bill C-69, which is oh. a law that requires regulators to take human health and the environment into account when approving resource projects. Right? Like, what an evil, what an evil villain thing to do. I lied in the middle of a uh, crosswalk to support that bill. <laughs> Surprise. Shira's like, meh, meh, no. Who yeah. cares about human lives? Who cares about tree lives? I don't care about lives at all. Fuck lives, I'm dead. I don't care about tree lives. <laughs> care about the tree lives. <sighs> God. Okay. The NDP are against the Trans Mountain Pipeline. Surprise. But the problem is that we already bought it. <laughs> so that's kind of like a weird yeah, situation to be in. Like, they're against it and they're not going to build it. But the liberals have bought it. Like, we yeah. can't, we can't, we don't, we can't just bring the receipt back, you know? <laughs> and be like, yeah, we'd like to return this. No, we can't. We bought it. And we spent $4.5 billion on it. And now we have it. And they're not really super clear on what they want to do with it. They're like, no, we don't support it. But. Yeah. And so that is a question that I have. Yeah. I'm like, oh, so then what? Are yeah. we going to, do we turn it into a playground? I don't know. Like, what are we going to do with this? Yeah. Fuck you, Justin Trudeau. Yeah. We're kind of stuck. Um, but they also, the NDP wants to end federal subsidies for fossil fuels, aka those would be cash handouts or tax breaks given to fossil fuel producers or consumers. So, like, that's pretty good. And they want to shift towards a fully electric power. Don't want to build the pipeline expansion, but we have a pipeline expansion. Even if they get into the government, who knows what's going to happen. The Greens. Cancel project. Cancel it. Reject any new pipelines. Fun fact. Elizabeth May got arrested uh, protesting the Transbound Pipeline. So, just like you. Yeah. Uh, cancel fossil fuel subsidies like the NDP. Ban uh, hy hydraulic fracking operations. Yeah, that's a real issue. They want to... Uh, they want existing oil and gas projects phased out in the 2030s, um, by which point they hope to have 100% renewable electricity supplies. You know. That's kind of interesting because electricity, uh, at this point in time is, uh, it has a lot to do with the provinces, so they're going to have to work with the provinces on that. And Classic. I, and that's a, that's a hot button topic in Ontario, uh, is hot, Toronto Hydro, um, that's a question I have. <laughs> the provinces, the provinces, you know? Like, what are we going to do with the provinces? I don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> they're, I'm not, we should just throw them out, I think. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what's interesting about federal politics, though, is that um, a lot of the things that they're talking about are technically by a constitution under provincial jurisdiction, which yeah. doesn't mean much, um, but it does mean that they have to get provincial consent, which... Sometimes it's fine, but we have Quebec, which means a lot of the time it's not fine. And well, also, also Newfoundland and Ontario. But I think the issue with Quebec is sometimes um, Quebec rejects a lot of things on principle, which then riles sure. up other provinces, and then they start to reject things on principle, and it becomes a chain reaction. Mm. Um, and you're like, hello. I think the other thing that, like, this... Like, we put so much emphasis on the federal election it's like yeah, the big true. flashy one but then when you're looking at it it's like okay but so much of the success of any of these governments has to do with the provincial governments so like maybe we should stop like start putting a little bit more emphasis yeah. on these provincial elections yeah absolutely uh because the provincial governments have a lot more power than we realize so pay attention 
all levels of government, surprise, turns out they matter. Yeah. Uh, we thought that they didn't. We thought that some of them were just cute little quirky hobbies. Nope. Things that have kind of dropped off the radar completely. Electoral reform. That was a hot button. Last election. No one's touching that this time around. And we should, because we need electoral reform. Hey. Uh, the Senate, also hot button issue, last two federal elections. No one has touched it. Nope. Uh... Uh, this isn't a hot button issue in, in that I, it's not like the Senate electoral reform, but the blood ban is something that the liberal government promised to get rid of and have not. Um, I, we don't, we're, we're running low on time, but I'll pop a link about it in the show notes. You should look at it. It's really important. It's, it's, it speaks to how we treat LGBTQ communities in this country and it's important. Yeah. Also, like, we just legalized marijuana, and I think that someone should be talking about all of the people who are in jail for possession of marijuana. Who are predominantly marginalized Yeah. Like, so now that we've made that legal, maybe we should, you know, do something about that. Yeah, also opioid crisis. Also opioid crisis! In rural areas, like in all areas? I mean, we kind of talked, well, it was kind of mentioned when we talked about healthcare, but not nearly enough. But it's not nearly, like, it's not, not, not in the way, like, considering how big the crisis is and and how much people are hurting, it is, it is not nearly talked about enough in this campaign. It is funny, too, because pharmacare has been such a hot button issue, you would think it would kind of go hand in hand, right? Yeah. You would think that that would actually be something that the conservatives would pull out to try and use against. Yeah. Like, but, yeah, we, we haven't talked about it at all. Well, the, the thing is with pharmacare is that the government then would able to be regu- regulate what drugs and how much of what drugs are bought and not bought, so it might actually be good in terms of opioids. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that it would be illogical. Yes. <laughs> I'm just saying that I <laughs> could see fair. them being like, well, they just want to make drugs more accessible. Yes. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. what? I yeah, mean, yeah. technically that's true, <laughs> but not in the way that I think you're implying. Yeah. Well, also, like, you know, the opioid crisis in rural areas. Like, um, Toronto tends to get a lot of attention because it's a major city. Same with, like, Vancouver. Um, but the truth is there's lots of people in rural communities who can't get help fast enough, uh, where ambulances can't get there fast enough that are isolated and like, that's a big yeah. problem. Yeah. And like clean injection sites and methadone, yeah. methadose stuff, Ooh. you know, there's a lot, there's a lot to cover <laughs> here. Bad news bears. So much. Listen to Crackdown. Yeah. <laughs> Do that. Do it. Crackdown. Crackdown. Crackdown pod. It's It explains the opioid crisis very, very, very well. <laughs> you mentioned it before. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, it's a good podcast. It, it really is. Garth Mullins. Okay. So you should watch it. Listen to it. Read it. Taste it. Eat it. Okay. Great. Excellent. I, uh, once again, we hope that you feel that you have learned something. If you live in the Canadas, you know, go do a vote. Think first do a vote it's pretty easy you put an x on the thing unless you're gonna vote conservative in which case stay home (laughs) just stay take a nap that day and treat yourself to not destroying this country yeah follow us on the instagrams hopefully we'll have some women in medicine for you in a a two weeks time Mm -hmm. Um, we'll be talking about endocrine illnesses heck and yeah we put out podcasts every other Saturday. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I'm just waiting for you to stop. Okay, great. I will never stop. I will never (laughs) stop. Can't stop, won't stop, as the famous philosopher Miley Cyrus once said. Yeah. Bye. Bye! also we thank you you can find us on all kinds of socials we don't know how to use uh we're aqua rocco a-w-k-o-r-o-c-o on twitter and aqua on instagram if you have topics ideas questions compliments you can email us at aqua at gmail.com we do not accept complaints um if you like what we do and you want us to do it better you can support us on patreon we'll leave a link in the show notes big thanks to nathan for our intro music and callum for our beautiful icon art we'll link his instagram in the show notes as well he does real good art please check it out that's all she wrote folks see you next week go be awkward